This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Uh, pretty good Sunday, I would say. You know, uh, me and Zach are both kind of um, we're we're more excited than usual. We're definitely more excited than we were coming into this week because there were six teams on by. We, we didn't have a chance. We thought we didn't have a chance in a few leagues, but we ended up coming through uh, bigger than expected for a lot of these players. So it worked out. Thank you to all the players who came through when you normally don't. Uh, we appreciate you. This is the week that we needed you. Okay. Um, and, and one of those guys, well, maybe not one of the guys that, you know, you know for, for me personally, like, you know, in our Superflex League, I started Gardner Minshew, and I was yeah. not feeling that at all, right? Like, one up against, <laughs> against the Browns. Yeah. Come on, dude. Like, the best, you know. And, and, you know, honestly, like, the Browns defense showed why they're a dominant defense, right? Like, in this game. Uh, but, you know, Gardner Minshew had these moments, man. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it was really cool to see uh, him rushing the ball in, him getting those big, you know, that big touchdown to to Michael Pittman late, Josh Downs, the big touchdown to him. Like, it, it was it was cool, man. It was cool to see that because it seems like Gardner Minshew uh, kind of, you know, is breathing new life, you know, into this team a little bit, you know, yeah. after Anthony Richardson went down, and, and they kind of needed that. Uh, and now, you know, there's they're going to be in contention you know, for at least the next few games, you know, they're going to think that they could potentially make the playoffs. So so that's good, you know, because anybody you have on this team, like Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, you know, Gardner Minshew for me in the Superflex League, you know, Josh Downs now, you know, these guys are now, you know, this is a team that's going to be fighting and that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. Like when he he ran in those two touchdowns, I think it was early. And he did the shimmy yeah. after both of them. That was like his thing <laughs> for the day. It was great. And they were wearing the Indiana Knights uniforms. It was like Matt, the Minshew magic was back. 
And I like me, I'm a guy. I think Minshew's pretty good. I think he's a backup a lot of times when there are plenty of teams that he could start for. You know, like he's been a backup. I think he he's one of the best backups, obviously. Easy to say after a performance like today. But just in general, I don't think he gets enough love. And he did a really good job against the Browns. Like you said, you weren't expecting anything. That's part of what made it just so sweet when you had him in your lineup. And I, I'm happy as long as I'm not playing against you when you have Gardner Mitchell in your lineup today. You know, like if I were playing against you today, I wouldn't be like joining you <laughs> and reveling in this success. But I didn't play against you today. So I'm, I'm fine with it. It's like, Gardner Mitchell, it was, it was just great. Yeah, man, it, it it was it was kind of hilarious to be honest with you, because like this is not it was something that you know nobody people have I probably I probably ranked Gardner Minshew as like the maybe like twenty like fifth ranked quarterback for today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying coming right. into the week because the matchup <laughs> was so terrible. Uh, you know, it was, it was not bad. optimistic at all. Um, but another guy who had a huge day. Um, you know, listen, top two quarterbacks for the week, huh? Gardner Minshew and uh, this other guy, Lamar Jackson, huge day. The Lions' defense had no answer for him. 347 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown as well. So he'll likely finish as a QB1 this week. But we still have Jalen Hurts and Tua to go tonight. Uh, but he's now ha- he's now had five QB1 finishes in seven weeks, three top five finishes as well. Uh, and, and this offense, you know, they, they haven't really hit their peak, right, this season. I think today was kind of the closest thing to it, and it was really good to see. Yeah, and it was against a defense that we didn't really expect it against. Like, I thought this was going to be like some super competitive game. And you you know that it's supposed to be a good game when Fox puts Kevin Burkhart and um, Greg Olson on the game and they're calling it, you know? And they just got a complete no show from the Lions. I didn't expect this at all. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, you mentioned that it looks like the offense hit its, it didn't hit its peak, se- peak this season, but you said it's as close as it's been to doing that. Look at the players that were involved. Zay Flowers was involved. Mark Andrews was involved. Odo Beckham Jr. Suddenly, he looked good. Obviously, uh, he was not a huge target guy. We're not expecting him to be a consistent contributor, but he looked good. He was part of the offense, and so was Rashad Bateman. He caught a couple passes. Like the box score didn't tell you just how good this offense was and how it was clicking on all cylinders. Gus Edwards had his big game, an 80-yard catch. Everything was going the Ravens' way this um, today. So. Lamar Jackson, this is the type of ceiling that we've come accustomed to seeing from him. And I think he can keep doing that because it looks like the Todd Munkin effect is in full effect because we're seeing him pass the ball more. You mentioned, obviously, 347 pass yards is easy to say, oh, yeah, he's passing the ball more. This looks like Todd Munkin. But this has been the whole season. You know, the offense looks much better than it did last season and the year before. It's a big change. And that's a big reason why you said, like you said, he's had so many QB1 finishes this week. And it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, man. And on the other side of the ball, Jameer Gibbs finally showing us why he's that dude, right? 87% of snaps in this one. That could have been a result of Josh Reynolds, not Josh Reynolds, I'm sorry, Craig Reynolds being a little bit banged up coming into this game. Um, you know, he could have taken a little bit of that yeah, early down work um, and maybe that 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 goal line snap that Jameer Gibbs saw uh, you know, in today's game. But, you know, he, he's capable of being an effective runner, right? 11 for 68. He had that garbage time touchdown, which counts for fantasy. Uh, he also commanded 10 targets as well, 9 for 58. So that's what you want to see, man. We finally saw him being used as a receiver, right, consistently, right? And he could yeah. finish as a top five running back this week based on what happens the rest of the way. But, um, you know, and, and this is going to be everyone's question now, Zach, right? Obviously, you know, David Montgomery banged up. He's not on IR. He'll be back at some point uh, in the next couple of games. So everyone's going to be asking, you know, do we sell, right? He has another solid matchup against the Raiders next week, but what do we do here? So 
as someone that's got, I mean, I have a lot of draft cop draft capital tied up in him this season. You know, I'm definitely going to cling to this performance as like vindication for investing in as much as I did in him. And I'm sure that's going to be the case for a lot of his managers too this week. And you stuck it out while he was injured. You know, he didn't have tons of production. Now he finally comes through and you almost don't know what to do. But I think there's definitely some merit to the idea of selling him. You know, we're coming up on the midway point in the season. And the only time Gibbs delivered, which is today, it was in a game where Dave Montgomery wasn't playing. Craig Reynolds wasn't healthy. You know, he had a couple carries, but he was questionable coming into the game. And the Lions just got completely boat raced. Now, the point about that, you know, the game script not being, you know, something we're going to see every week. It's not as big of a concern for me as it is the fact that his competition in the backfield just wasn't there to compete with him. That being Craig Reynolds and Dave Montgomery. So I think, of course, his workload increased because of that. And you can't really buy to pay too much attention to that because it's not going to be that way every week. I think there's a situation where Gibbs could catch six or seven passes, even with Montgomery in the lineup down the line once they're both back and healthy. But that's the problem. Like those games aren't going to happen nearly as often, I think, as games like we've seen from him these first few weeks. And it's pretty clear that David Montgomery is a running back that the Lions want to have on the field when he can play. Like we can cling to Jameer Gibbs. That was part of you know our discussion. What we liked so much about Gibbs was that he could have that receiving upside to go along with some work in the ground game. We weren't expecting Dave Montgomery to just dominate those snaps. That, that's been the case. I definitely field offers for Gibbs at this point. I don't know if I'd go around shopping him because we know that Gibbs can do this. This was like the first time we've seen this performance. We know it can happen again. But I'm not going to go and be like throwing him out as a piece in a bunch of different deals trying to get rid of him because you've probably been waiting on this performance like I was, and I want to hold on to him because I know the talent is there. I'm not worried about him for Dynasty. Like This is a completely different conversation. We're talking about redraft right here, right now. But I throw him on the trade block and just let everyone know that you're willing to listen to trade offers. But if nobody bites and you're not going to get solid compensation, I just roll with him for another week. Like you mentioned, there's that good matchup coming up. There's a chance he could be even more valuable a week from today than he is now. And at that point, we could be talking about him being a quality piece moving forward, somebody that you keep on your team. But I think the bottom line is there's nothing wrong with looking to sell right now. And if you can get decent compensation back for him where you say, all right, I'm not going to be losing out on any potential that Jameer Gibbs has, I, I would pull the trigger because Dave Montgomery is going to come back and be part of the backfield, no, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and if Montgomery were to miss any more time, we know that Gibbs can handle a big workload. We know that he'll be involved in the receiving game, and that's what you want to see. The hope that I have is that, oh, okay, cool. Like Gibbs was able to show what he showed today. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of the opportunity that he needed to at least show coaches what he's capable of in a real NFL game. He hasn't had that opportunity yet, right? So he right. hasn't had that consistent like, hey, look what I can do, coaches, right? <laughs> and he had that today, and I think he 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 passed with flying colors, right? He's going to have yeah. that next week, and he could potentially pass with flying colors again. And then now what do we have when Montgomery comes back? Right, we potentially have a situation where Montgomery isn't just going to be the only guy that you can start on the Lions when he's healthy, right? In that backfield, yeah. right now you could potentially, you know, start Gibbs in a capacity that we that like we we didn't we knew that Montgomery was going to be the primary runner in this offense before the season, right? And that could continue, but if Gibbs can do something like he did today in terms of, you know, turning those. Uh, you know, turning this opportunity that he had into more playing time and into more routes run moving forward, potentially being the primary passing down back, like that's what I want. And that yeah. there is that upside for that to happen. Uh, am I reaching a little bit right now? No, I'm just saying that that is a possibility 
right? So there is a little bit of silver lining from these type of performances. Um, you know, I don't think he just goes back into the same exact role that he was early on before Montgomery was hurt, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hear you. And I just, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not going to take away from what you said. What you said makes sense. I agree. But a lot of times what we see making sense and what we see, what we agree on is what the coaches yeah. want to say. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we, we say this all the time with a bunch of players. We said this with DeAndre Swift pretty much every time last year. It's like, well, he had this game. He showed what he can do. Maybe he'll get that workload. Now, the Lions coaching staff has proven they're pretty stubborn when it comes to this kind of thing. I want to say that, yes, Jameer Gibbs showed what he could do. But I'm also looking at it as I thought he had that performance where he's like, hey, look what I can do in week one when he had six missed tackles for us, that kind of thing. Not to get too much into stats, but just like yeah, he true. looked ridiculously good in week one on very, very limited snaps. So I was very expecting true. him to be to a point where he has all this work, at least a solid workload, something close to like what we saw today, just by virtue of that performance alone. But that hasn't been the case. So like I agree with you. That is an ideal outcome. But. I'm kind of hedging on that a little bit because I don't think that that's going to necessarily be the case when he comes back. I think Dave Montgomery comes back and it's just going to go back to be like, well, what do we do with Gibbs? You're just going to sit there and be like, I'm going to start him because I have him. I, I spent so much on him in drafts, but you're not ever going to be like really happy with it unless he gets that, that six or seven target upside. Like I said, six or seven catches. And I think that's mm -hmm. definitely in the equation, something we could see, but it's just not going to be consistent enough where you're happy with him every week. If I can get a legit fantasy option, for Gibbs, I would do it, right? Because, yeah. you know, what I'm mentioning, what I'm talking about is a potential situation, right? Like, kind of like, you know, close to best case scenario, right? With David Montgomery yeah. healthy. So, are you going to wait on and hope for the best case scenario, or do you want to potentially get some shorter things in your lineup that you can depend on every single week? Gibbs, you might not be able to, right? Right. So, and that's the issue. Uh, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and by the way, um, Jamison Williams, he did have a bigger role this week. He ran around on 44% of dropbacks. Uh, believe it or not, that was higher than last week. Uh, so it seems as though his role is growing slowly. He was targeted six times. Uh, so that comes out to 23% targets per route run. So that's a solid number. That's what you want to see. Amon Ra, though, he was targeted 19 times in this game. Uh, <laughs> absolute <laughs> stud. Um, moving to the Bears game, Brian Hoyer started for the Raiders. Aiden O'Connell ended the game because they were terrible. Uh, both Devonta Adams and Jacoby Myers ended up getting that top-heavy target distribution that we saw from Jimmy G, uh, 12 and 13 targets for them, respectively. Myers ended up with the better fantasy day because of of the garbage time touchdown late from O'Connell. Uh, but Devonta continues to be a buy low, I think. You know, Jimmy G is expected back next week. You know, he's going to get his targets. This is going to balance out at some point. Like, he's annoyed that he's not getting the targets. He's annoyed that he's losing. The, the Raiders aren't going to trade him. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine too. And realistically, you know, you can't take a whole lot from this game. You can't step back from this game and be like, Devontae Adams had another quiet, quiet week. Well, we can't trust him anymore. He's not the same guy. Jacoby Myers is a guy. Jacoby Myers is good. I'll give you that. He's good. But there's no reason to panic about Devontae Adams still because he was hyper-targeted to start the game. He just got quiet. And then after yeah. that, it was just a mess of a game. But that was the type of usage that we were hoping to see. And thankfully hopefully it won't be brian hoyer and aiden o'connell starting every single week jimmy g will come back and everybody's gonna look better just because jimmy g is a much better quarterback than brian hoyer or aiden o'connell i'm not worried about him at all either i think that buying him still makes a ton of sense and the fact that he now has this many games quiet like whoever is holding on to him right now might be pretty inclined to move him at this point and just say i, I need to cut my losses here so i i think he's only done you favors Devontae adams if you want to buy him 
if you're on the outside looking in thinking, oh, I want to get some Devontae Adams shares, he has done you favors and he's going to be much easier to get even after this week than he was earlier before this game. And he was pretty easy to get then too, I would say. Yeah, no, I would say so as well. And, and you know, the other here's the other problem though, right? Josh Jacobs has had a bunch of good matchups this year. Pretty much all his matchups were on the good side, I'd say. Um, he's had right. two top 10 finishes uh, this year against the Chargers and then the Packers, but he's been top, he's been top 20 or worse, or he's been outside the top 20, I should say, in every other game. Uh, he has the Lions next week in Detroit. Not a good matchup. So what are we doing with Josh Jacobs now? I mean, at this point, I'd say we just have to eat our vegetables with Josh Jacobs because that's just about what it's felt like having in your start- him in your starting lineup every week, right? Like seven weeks in the season, nobody's excited to have him in their lineup. Nobody's excited to have vegetables at dinner. It's just, it's understandable <laughs> why nobody's excited about him. He's really got us cornered from what we've seen so far from him this season. Like, his production hasn't been anything close to what we came to expect to see from him since last year, but his utilization really isn't all that bad either. So it's like a, it's balancing out a little bit. 16.8 expected fantasy points per game coming into this into this one. Ninth in the NFL among all running backs in that stat. Today, he, he had a workload that wasn't that bad. It was just the game script in this one and the trouble of quarterback. You can't really fault them for it. You know, they go down early and they can't do anything on offense. They're not going to be running the ball. That's just not how the game works, especially when you have, like you mentioned, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers combining for 25 targets from backup quarterbacks. It's just not a formula for success. But that being said, nobody's going to be feeling bad for him or you. Nobody's going to say, oh, I want to trade for him. You know, you're almost guaranteed to be taking a loss in any deal where you're shipping him away. So to follow up on the analogy earlier, I think we just have to continue to sit at the dinner table and be served up the carrots and green beans that's been Josh Jacobs this season. You have to hold him. There's a better chance that he can turn things around this season than there is when you're being able to flip him in a trade for something better. I think we can start talking about him as more of an ideal RB2 start than a low RB1 start. That's kind of where I've had him in rankings. I think I'm going to start moving him down a little bit at this way the offense looks. But there's plenty of football left. And like I mentioned, I think you just have to hold him because at this point, no one's buying him. And you're not really going to get anything from not starting him because he's going to have his weeks. It's just at this point, it's almost like the guy we just talked about, Jameer Gibbs. He's leaving you out to dry pretty much most weeks, but those highs that he has, they'll win you your week. So I think he's an ideal RB2 start at this point. Maybe not perfect ideal, but I think at this point, what you spent on him, putting him in your RB2 spot, isn't that bad. I'm not expecting RB1 numbers from him on a weekly basis anymore. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I, I don't have anything to add to that. I agree with pretty much everything you said. So eat your vegetables. Oh, it's such a good um, deal. 
<laughs> on the other side of the ball in this game, if you started Deontay Foreman this week, he might have had he might have been a big reason you were able to push through these buys uh, this week. Uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns, one through the air, two on the ground. Darrington Evans was also involved in the ground as well, but Foreman was the guy. Uh, he did get hurt at the end of the game. Uh, he landed really, really hard on his hip. It didn't seem too serious, but you know, just monitor that. Monitor that. Um, can't talk. Uh, but the Bears have the Chargers next week. Um, so, you know, will Roshan be back? Who knows? You know, he's been in the concussion protocol kind of like a scary amount of time um, for right. for someone who has a concussion. Um, but, you know, two, this is so now we're two weeks away potentially from Khalil Herbert coming back. That's when he's eligible. So we still have next week and the week after for these, you know, replacement running backs to be able to be started. Okay. So, I would keep Foreman on my roster, obviously, you know, in case Roshan can't go next week. Uh, and also, you can't really cut Roshan either right now because it's possible that Foreman is hurt enough where he isn't too involved next week. So, you know, unless we hear something where like, oh, you know, Foreman is is um, Foreman's good to go, right, next week. And then you're like, all right, well, this could be a, a timeshare. Like, like uh, do you see a scenario where Foreman is good to go next week, right? Roshan is cleared of the concussion protocol and then it's all Roshan next week. Right? Like, is that, do you yeah. think that's a possible, or, or do you think that a best case scenario for Roshan is that this becomes just a split backfield next week? I think that if, if they're both healthy, I think that we'll see a split. I don't know how attached yeah. they are to Deontay Foreman. He had a good week, but he was overproducing just a little bit for the work that he got. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be scoring three touchdowns on what he have. Like, 17, 18 opportunities on a day, something like that. Yep. 16, sorry, 21 opportunities, like 19 total. He had three catches and 16 carries. Uh, the overproduction, I think, is fair here, especially when you consider a situation in game script. You know, he was doing what he had to do. Obviously, it's great that he had that game, but it was a little bit of a case of overproduction, I think, when you look at it. So for me, I, I think that there isn't really a situation where Deontay Foreman takes over his backfield. Once Rashawn Johnson comes back, I think there's going to be a decent split involved. And I think because of that, Deontay Foreman becomes a little bit of a sell candidate here. And obviously, I don't know how many people are going to be in a market for Deontay Foreman, but they might turn around. He, he, he's, more of a, he's more of a throw-in, right, for somebody who yeah, might yeah, be yeah. a running back next week. Like Maybe you identify like the guy who has one of his running backs on by, right? And he doesn't really yeah. have a, a good, solid running back to start next week. I think if you, if you throw De Deontay Foreman to him in a trade tomorrow, like on Monday, like he might be inclined to accept it because he's like, oh, you know what? I could use... Um, someone in my running back two spot next week, right? right. Um, but but my my question was more around Roshan because you know Roshan. So two weeks ago, right when we thought that he might have been cleared from that concussion, if he played that game, that would be before Deontay Foreman really got any work this year for the Bears, right? right. So it's possible that two weeks ago it could have been Roshan could have been the whole show. It right, could have been the Rashawn Johnson show. It, it could have yeah, been the Roshan Johnson show, but now, like even if Roshan Roshan's healthy going into this next week, I, I don't think it's going to be the Roshan Johnson show. Right, I think that Deontay right. Foreman showed enough in this game to where you know they're not just going to just you know have him play your complete second fiddle to Roshan. Does that make sense? Yeah, then they're not going to just throw him out in the rain after that because yeah. you know he yeah. has he showed that he can be a solid running back in a rotation and he can yeah. do it himself too, if he has to. So I, I see your point there that we're, it's almost like that Kendra Miller uh, argument that we we're having earlier in the season. Like 
he had the opportunity, but then he got hurt. He was never able to have that shot to establish himself, and now he's kind of stuck. Obviously, he's behind Kamara, but he's going to be part of, at best, a committee approach, and it's the same thing exactly. with Akon Johnson here. So I hear yeah. what you're saying. And it it's, is a it little bit of like, It is, because it kind of like reduced Roshan's upside while you know exactly. while Khalil Herbert's hurt, right? So yeah. that's kind of what's getting just at. The okay. opportunity, he wasn't able to capitalize. I hear you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just sucks. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so like, you know, like, like, I guess my point is that like, you know, if you have, like, there's no, it's not necessary. It's like uh, Roshan's a must start next week. If he's, uh, if he's active, you know what I mean? That's kind of what, yeah. kind of what I'm getting at here. It could have been, uh, in case, in no case you're trying to decide like, Oh, like, do I need him on my roster? Like, is he a must keep? Like, you know, in most leagues that like, he, he shouldn't be on the waivers, but like, cause he will be picked up, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, so their quarterback Tyson Badgett, like he wasn't terrible, okay. And you know, most importantly, like he was able to get the ball to DJ Moore, so that's good to know, right? He caught eight yep. for fifty nine, so at least we know like he won't turn into a pumpkin. Like eight for fifty nine isn't great. He did almost have a touchdown. It was on a, on an end around run type of play, like you know, uh, in in the red zone inside the ten, um, but he didn't get the touchdown. So you know, he's still a high end wide receiver three for me moving forward without Fields if Fields can't play um, next week. Yeah, and also, I don't know if you saw it, but there was also a play towards the end of the game. It was a fade to DJ Moore, and it was in his hands, but he had it knocked out. Oh, he dropped it. He dropped it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was was the back back right corner of the end zone where it was in his hands, and he caught it, and the defender knocked it out. Yeah. which is So that means his quarterback quarterback did his job. Mm -hmm. It was a high quality target. It wasn't just garbage, like at the line of scrimmage or anything. He was getting the targets they needed. And that's true. The Bears are moving the ball. So uh, that is one of the takeaways there. I mean, I'm not looking to start Tyson Bajan. I did pick him up in the one league just because I'm strapped for quarterbacks. But, you know, the fact that DJ Moore is going to continue to get those targets is at least a little bit encouraging. 100%, man. Okay. The game I was looking forward to the least happened to be the game that was the best in the early windows, the Colts and the Browns, right? Oh, yeah. So we talked about Gardner Minshew, right? Like breathing life into this Colts team. So 300 yards in th- in two straight games. He ran two touchdowns in this week. He threw for another two, okay? And that allowed Josh Downs, Michael Pittman to get it done. Pittman didn't get it going until that late 75-yard touchdown from Minshew, right? So right. if you had Pittman, you're just like, man, like he can't get it done. But it was a tough matchup going, and we knew that, okay? But, like, the fact that he was able to come through late at 75 yards, he got it done for you. So you're happy. Um, yep. Josh Downs continues to see a high target share from Minshew. 26% target share today. Um, the dude is still available in a ton of leagues. And he should have been picked up, to be honest with you. Like, he's been on our waiver wire list forever now. Um, so he'll be a top waiver yep. wire pickup this week once again. You know, obviously with, with that high fantasy point total finally now for him, like, he's going to get picked up. Right. Like that's really what it took. Right. Like we saw the opportunity and all that. It was there. All the underlying stuff was there. Now, like now it's just like flashing signs, like go pick him up now. Now he's finally going to be picked up, but he's only rostered like 30 percent of leagues, which was kind of surprising to me when I checked. Um, But uh, but but yeah, man, like we have two fantasy relevant wide receivers here in the Colts at this point. It's awesome, and nobody was expecting that, but that's the case. Like, I, like going back to Josh Downs, opportunity will only get you rostered in like forty or fifty percent of leagues. Nobody cares about opportunity except for people like us. You know, we look at it, we're like, oh, look at the usage he's getting. We'll go pick him up. Nobody will understand why we take him. And then he has this type of game. Now he's probably gonna be rostered in like sixty or seventy percent of leagues. I bet by the end of the week, people are gonna be like, oh yeah, look, here's a guy that we can have, and I'm sure he'll be quiet next week just because of that. 
But the point is, the two fancy relevant wide receivers, they're both getting it done pretty consistently too. And uh, obviously, Michael Pittman, you're upset if because he didn't have a humongous target share. He wasn't doing a whole lot till that last touchdown. But you also can't be mad because you know he came through for you at the end of the game, like you mentioned. Like I'm breathing a sigh of relief more than I am angry if I have Michael Pittman. I'm just like. Phew. Thank God he got that touchdown because yeah. it, it wasn't a small touchdown. It's not like he caught a six-yard touchdown and salvaged a day with like 10 or 11 fantasy points. Like 16 fantasy points is perfectly fine, especially like in this matchup. Wide receiver too. Yeah, in this in, matchup. In this matchup, you had low expectations. So when your wide receiver catches a 75-yard touchdown, like that's over-exceeding your expectations in this matchup, right. Right? especially you, know, you have Gardner Minshew starting. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, was, this is a good thing. This is what you want. Yeah, it, it was supposed to be a fight for a wide receiver to get a touchdown in this game. We had two of them, and both of them <laughs> had over 80 yards. So, like, it's it's great to see, and and that's fine. So, I think not only just it's not only just good to see them do this from a fancy perspective, but also just considering the matchup it was in it tells you that this isn't like a fluke. <laughs> you know, not that mm-hmm. anybody was calling it a fluke, but this can be sustainable in the long run with Gardner Minshew. And like you said, Gardner Minshew, he look he looks pretty good if he's breathing life into this offense. You're definitely going to have a team that's going to be competitive down the stretch. Nobody's given up on the team because I, I think they have enough talent. I like pe- pieces on their defense too. I think that the Colts are a very good team. They, I would be happy to see them be a wild card, you know, going into the playoffs if they could get things turned around. Minshew mania, baby. Minshew exactly. mania. Um, let's see. So, uh, uh, by the way, we're still seeing a split in the Colts backfield. Uh, 50-50 split in terms of snaps. Both had 18 carries, uh, but JT saw three more targets. First big game we've seen from JT in a while, though, 75 yards rushing with a touchdown, another 45 yards through the air. Uh, it seems like Zach Moss is, though, he's like he might continue to be startable as a flex play. <laughs> and we talked about like just getting absolutely as much as you can, just really milking that cow, trying to get as many <laughs> points out of him as you can. And, and I'm doing that in, my, in, in our run league. Like I said, I said this last week. I said it pretty much every week. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm still getting production from Zach Moss. Obviously, seven points isn't fantastic, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it because he's my flex. He's my emergency flex, and seven points is fine. I, he's definitely a flex at best at this point, and we knew that Jonathan Taylor at some point was going to take over the backfield and just be the guy. That's probably still going to happen, but it doesn't look like the offense is going to be that bad where you can't even where you have to sit there and just like leave Zach Moss off your roster you're not gonna be dropping right. i think that there's enough there he's a good enough handcuff too that if anything would happen to jonathan taylor he could be right back to that workhorse role in no time moving to the pats bills game it, it was nice to see james cook gain like a significant lead in the backfield this week in terms of opportunities uh but it was a 50 50 split in terms of snaps between him and latavius murray's murray and it was a 50 50 split in terms of routes run not a deal dude in what world should James Cook be running the same number of routes as Latavius Murray? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this not is not, one, but it's real. We're, we're not talking about like, you know, Naheem Hines or like JD McKissick or like, you know, these, these really good pass catching satellite backs, right? We, you know, we're not talking about those guys. Okay. We're talking about Latavius Murray. Okay. Oh, dude is like six, dude's like <laughs> six, five. Dude's like six, five. Like, 230 like the dude 240 maybe like the dude should not be like be running routes all the time so i I really don't get it but you know damian harris he's on ir right cook did end up with 76 percent of the backfields rushing share that's good right at least that's not 50 50 so this could end up being up and down just like we've seen all year with his opportunity um we talked about you know 
Stefan Diggs potentially being limited as well. And he was um, because the Patriots do a good job of shutting down number one wide receivers. But he did come down with the touchdown. He came through regardless. And, you know, he worked hard uh, to get that touchdown for us. Okay. Cause he, he ended up, you know, getting, not getting touched when he caught the ball. He got up, ran into the, into the end zone. So that was good to see. Um, what are you making out of James Cook here? Like, it, you know, is this, how encouraging is this for you? Is he kind of like just kind of in that same bucket that he was in coming in? Do you feel like you could get some value out of him since he ended up, uh, you know, scoring in this game? He had a receiving touchdown right in this game. So he did get yeah. the fantasy points on the on the game log. You know, are you looking to move him right now? Because I'm not sure if we're going to be seeing this this type of production consistently. Yeah, that's kind of the issue. You're not going to see this type of production consistently, but, but you look at the past two games before this one, they were both single-digit outputs, but then the four games before that, it was pretty consistent. And the workload for him hasn't really changed this season that much. Obviously, the rushing share has been up and down, but the production is is you know definitely something. You're not totally upset starting him. He has right. his signature, like 12 to 17 rushes. He has a couple targets a game. Like I'm perfectly happy holding on to that as my rb2 like that type of workload we can get days like this where he's pretty good you know he had almost 20 points nothing wrong with that but there's also gonna be days where he gets seven but if he's gonna be right in that middle ground of like 12 to 14 which is where he's been for most of the season like i'm okay with that like i didn't draft him to be my rb1 hopefully you didn't have to do that there was a lot of hype coming hype coming in the season that he might be able to do that it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this season but he's not a bad fantasy asset at all like, if you can move him an upgrade, great. He's not somebody where you have to think about, oh, is he going to be an asset a week from now? Or is he's, his value going to be, like, drastically higher or lower a week or two from now? Like, I don't think you have to worry about that. He's going to be a pretty relatively consistent in that bucket, like you mentioned, as a mid to low RB2 with a little bit upside every week, depending on the how the offense does. I'm not changing the way I view him at all just because of this matchup because he did just fine, and I think he's going to continue to be that just fine moving forward. So I, I'm just keeping him as my RB2. Not thinking twice about it. I, I'm all right with what he's done. Okay, sounds good. If you guys aren't subscribed to the podcast, if you ha- if you're not following it, or if you haven't added it to the list of podcasts that you subscribe to on your podcast app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please do so. It helps us out so much. It doesn't cost you anything. This podcast is completely free. Um, so if you could do that, they'll help us out a ton. It'll just get people to like discover our podcast and just spread it out uh, a little bit more uh you know as the season progresses so we greatly appreciate that um also uh i wanted to make sure you guys knew about our website um you know all these takeaways are going to be up on the website but the one thing that i wanted to highlight there was two things actually one is that you know our waiver wire rankings are going to be up on monday so you can go check that out our early waiver wire rankings and then we updated you know on tuesday obviously as we get more information um i will also have a waiver wire article with fab recommendations tyler will also have his waiver wire article as well um that was the first thing that i wanted to talk about but the second thing was that what zach is working on and what he's kind of been the mastermind of you know this season and you know in the off season too is that that's the fantasy newsletter that we've been putting out every single day okay for free in your email inbox and you know we've gotten some really good reviews on it people we've gotten great feedback you know from you guys so we've improved it 
you know, as you guys have sent us messages and that sort of thing. But, you know, overall, the, the you know, people really like the, that, that the newsletter that they get every single day because, um, you know, it's entertaining. It has stats. It also helps you helps you win and, and kind of gives you informed decisions every single day to your inbox. So you can go to the website, upperhandfantasy.com, scroll all the way down. Um, you can you, and then you can enter your email to join the newsletter. Uh, not only that, though, you know, we have the rankings up there, the articles. Rest of season rankings are fully updated. They're going to be updated every single week by me and Tyler. Also, we're going to have we already have our dynasty rankings updated as well. I haven't updated those since before the season. So uh, if, if you want to check out those dynasty rankings, they're up at, uh, fully updated this week on upperhandfantasy.com. All right. There you go. Just wanted to plug those real quick before we continue. Um, the Giants offense, uh, they, they looked halfway decent with Tyrod Taylor you know, behind center with Saquon Barkley back right over the last two weeks. Saquon with another 24 touches uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in the receiving game. Darren Waller, finally, he had his best game of the season. Seven catches on eight targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. This is more like it, right? Like he was a clear focal point of the passing game, 28% target share. This is what you wanted to see. Okay. Um, and like, you know, I, I'm hoping that when Daniel Jones ends up coming back, that, you know, this can continue. And I'm hoping that Saquon can be that cog, you know, of this offense, right? Like, and get things going. Jalen Hyatt also, you know, he he got a near full-time role last week and it continued this week. We talked about it, right? He was one of my, my, my big, my like Hail Mary starts this week. Uh, and he was on his way to a huge receiving game. Right, if he caught that long touchdown that he almost brought down with one hand, that would have been sick. Um, but right. he still already had two catches for 75 yards in this game. The big playability is there, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, moving forward, I think Hyatt should be picked up at this point because he has that big playability. Um, and I do think the Giants' offense is you know finding a little bit of a groove. Um, and over the last two weeks with him back, he's made some, he's made a couple plays where you got to have to pay, you kind of have to pay attention to him. Yeah, and just to clarify something you said earlier, you're hoping that it can happen when Daniel Jones comes back. You're hoping Daniel Jones comes back. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, that's point. not what I said. That's Tyrod not what I said. Taylor, just, <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> quarterback, he's quarterback controversy. Good. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he can't have a controversy because Daniel Jones, he's getting paid way too much, and that sucks. That's so true. I mean, Tyrod Taylor has been pretty good. You know, he's solid, pretty good quarterback. It's just unfortunate situations. Like everyone points to that Chargers incident where he had the team doctor messed up some injection he was doing to hurt him. And then he never got to play in um, Los Angeles. Tyrod Taylor is pretty good. And he mentioned Jalen Hyatt being that Hail Mary play. His skill set just burning right past the defender. You know, it matches yeah. perfectly. Like, have, you, have you seen some of the throws Tyrod Taylor's throwing out there? Like the, his deep yeah. passing is legit, like pinpoint. Like I, I can't believe some of the passes that he puts out there. It's like Daniel Jones could never, at least when I when I watch the games. And Tara Taylor, well, too, I remember back in the day. Do you, you remember the Sammy Watkins days when these two were yeah. together in Buffalo? Like yeah. Tyra was giving some ago. of the prettiest, the prettiest deep balls to Sammy Watkins, man. You know, so like yeah. I remember those days. But like Tyra's like 30, how old is he? Like 35, 36. Like he's an old quarterback, dude. And like he's getting it done. So good he's for 34. Him. Yeah. But okay, if you start right. him too, you're you're pretty happy. Right. 21 points. He's a top five quarterback right now. Now he's probably not going to be after you know Sunday night football, which is going on just now, just started. Um, but he's going to be a top eight quarterback this week, I would say, pretty safely because 279 yards, and two touchdowns, a little eight carries, 25 yards, sprinkle that right in. Like that's Daniel Jones esque. 
that's like what we were hoping to see from Daniel Jones this season. That's kind of how he got by. Tyrod Taylor is doing the same thing. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. Uh, we saw Commanders rookie running back Chris Rodriguez get involved a little bit last week, and then he led the Commanders in rushing yards this week. He had seven carries. Brian Robinson had eight carries. This is not good for Brian Robinson. Okay, a few weeks ago, Robinson was the guy on early downs. Antonio Gibson wasn't challenging him at all in the run game, and that was great for Robinson because he could be like the clear early down guy. So he becomes very startable as like this touchdown dependent RB2. We'll take it. But now he has another problem that can limit his work if Rodriguez continues to be involved here, right? So something to keep in mind, you know, moving forward. You know, Robinson was the clear guy in terms of snap share in this game uh, compared to Rodriguez, but not in terms of opportunities. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning, like, it wasn't like a, a negative, negative game. The game was totally out of reach and there's no reason to run the ball, but they were down, you know, for the entire game. Um I'm I'm not worried about Brian Robinson because this is kind of what he's been doing all season. He's had the eight points, like just roughly this season for the past few weeks. He had that one good week. I think it was week one. But outside of that, week two. Sorry, it was against the Broncos of all teams. But since then, he's been pretty much like standard rate, low RB2, high RB3. <laughs> like, And he hasn't had a whole lot of scoring upside either. The, the commander's offense doesn't look that good. So this is only going to hurt him. I'm not really interested in starting him unless I have to. And I say that I'm not interested in starting him because I have to is because I have to in my one league. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only I, I started him too. You know, yeah. the problem here is that his upside before this Chris Rodriguez entering the fray situation was that he had like if the if the commanders were in a neutral or positive game script, he had the upside to have 25 carries in a game. And then yep. plus any goal line work that comes along. But now, if Chris Rodriguez is going to get close to 50% of the carries, potentially, we're talking about his ceiling being like 17, 18 carries, like complete ceiling. You know what I'm saying? And that's not ideal. And like most likely, he won't be even getting that if Chris Rodriguez is going to be somewhat involved. And Rodriguez yeah. was more efficient than him in the, in the rushing game, too, this week. So, like, that doesn't help him either. more efficient than Brian Robinson? There we go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just it, it looks like hopefully this doesn't happen, but it looks like there's definitely that threat now of this becoming a true committee. Like we knew there was the early down role and the passing role to have in the commander's backfield, but now there's a third guy mixing. It's like you're really exactly. not going to want a piece of it. Yeah, exactly. We were all wondering where B. John Robinson was today, right? Yep. Like we were all wondering. Twitter was was really trying to figure out what the hell was going on, right? I couldn't figure it out. You know, everybody yeah. was like tweeting at Arthur Smith during the game, like he checks Twitter. Um, Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, 
uh, you know, when they were going back and forth in this game and Bijan wasn't showing up. He had two total snaps in the first half and then 11 total for the game. And then we find out what really happened. He had a headache, Zach. He had such a bad headache the night before <laughs> that he went, he told Arthur Smith and Arthur Smith like said like, Hey, it's probably right. better that you don't play this week. Uh, well, I wish we'll I could let you suit up anyway. Game. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, why don't you tell us about this, right? Because like, how many, how much money was riding on whether Bijan Robinson played or not? You know, so right. they decided to keep that in house for whatever reason. This is not cool at all, man. This is not cool at all. Like, if they knew about this situation, they, they, they I feel like the teams have an obligation to report it. You know, the teams have an obligation to let people know. Especially yeah. if the NFL is going to be in cahoots with DraftKings, going to be in cahoots with FanDuel, right? DraftKings is an official yep. partner of the NFL. DraftKings is not going to yeah. be happy about this. Okay, neither than all that the people like that, that <laughs> right? Like, come on, dude. This is this cannot happen. Okay. He said that he's gonna be good for next week, you know, but who knows? You know, maybe this headache will linger <laughs> to week eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. But like yeah. it's it's just it's not it's not ideal. Like hopefully this isn't like a concussion related thing. Uh hopefully mm-hmm. this is just like a like a like a migraine. Actually, I don't actually I don't I don't know if I wish a migraine. Like I, I don't want to even mission, wish yeah, migraine yeah, yeah. on anybody because even the migraines are fucking terrible. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like I hope it's a bad headache. I hope it went away. I hope he's fine. Yeah, I mean, may- maybe his tummy will hurt next week. He'll take more snaps and pop up bigger <laughs> than he does on the field next week. You know, obviously, I'm joking too. Uh, but I'm sh- I'm sure you know I wouldn't want to go run into a pile of eight to twelve, roughly three hundred some odd pound dudes if my head hurt too. You know, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to do it, but I probably wouldn't feel like doing that either. So it's fine. You're right. It wasn't so much the fact that he wasn't feeling well, but it's just nobody said anything. It pisses me off. Like, I'm so happy I didn't have any, like, anytime touchdown score parlays out there where it's like Bijan was one of the legs because I would have been pissed, like, really bad. Like, Bijan couldn't have updated his Facebook status or something, the headache, just to let us know that we would be incurring the wrath of Tyler Algier this week. I don't know. It it was just a pain. I I didn't like seeing that either. I had him in my one league. He put up 0.3 points. I don't know. what, What was the point of them giving him that one carry at the end of the game? Even once, like the, the game was over, there was no reason to put him out there and just like, here, here's your three tenths of a point. Enjoy. He had three yards. Just really disappointing. And Mari Demarcado was the guy for the Cardinals this week. This is what should have happened last week, but instead they went with Ingram. And this week, Ingram was relegated to special teams. Okay. He, he, he didn't play on offense. Mm-hmm. So, he, and, and Demarcado played well, man. 13 carries for 58 yards. He caught four or five targets on 78% of snaps. Uh, so, this will do while James Conner is out so if he was dropped go ahead and pick him up you know he has he has at least two more games without james connor and since he's primarily receiving running back you can kind of and who can still get it done on the ground you can kind of like expect a relatively high floor especially in ppr so you know no other cardinals running back saw more than one carry Rondell moore saw four carries and he's a wide receiver so this is good news for demarcata moving forward while connor's out Yep. So last week it was Keontae Ingram. This week it's Demarcado. Like I'm not saying that's going to keep flipping back and forth like that, but Amari Demarcado was a guy that we said would be the guy, and I think this is much closer to what we should expect to see moving forward. Obviously, yeah. it's only two more weeks, so don't expect this guy to come in and be like a staple in your fantasy lineup every week. But you also mentioned Rondo Moore. Like he is the definition of gadget player. Like at this point, that's just what they're using him to do. He's not going to get any consistent workload. Of course, he had his one big game against my team. Cowboys, but I'm just gonna let that slide. Um, I'm not expecting too much from any of the players really. Um, 
on the Cardinals. The offense hasn't looked as good recently, but Amari Demarcado, he's going to be a volume play based on what he's getting in the receiving game, like you mentioned, not the ground game. And that's going to be enough to have him have him be a flex. He's going to be right in that range, I'd say. I don't want to say with James Cook, but he's getting a similar type workload if he gets the yeah. same type of stuff they got today. Yeah, if you're looking for someone to replace Brian Robinson in your lineup, he's he's the guy. Yeah. Um, he has more upside, arguably, I would say. <laughs> for sure. I, I, you know, And I have to say, man, what George Pickens did this week was really impressive. Deontay Johnson was back. Pickens out-targeted him 8-6 to six and outperformed him 107 to 79 yards. Uh, and I've been on Team Deontay, but this was an impressive performance, I have to say. Okay, Pickens uh, also had yet another amazing catch on the sideline that didn't count. Yet another one. He has well, at least one of those every single week. Um, yep. But I, I wanted to sell Pickens last week. You know, we'll see if that was a good call or not. You know, as we continue on, I think this was a relatively tough matchup for perimeter wide receivers. Um, and the fact that the Rams played out of zone and George Pickens still came through, I think that says something about Pickens. You know, evolvement, evolvement. No, evolving. Evolvement. No, e- evolve. <laughs> evolve. Evolution. Evolution of his yes. game. That's the word. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm not jumping ship on the Deontay Johnson belt just because this was his first game back. I still think Deontay Johnson is going to be the guy to get the targets. But maybe maybe there's a case to be made that it's not just Deontay Johnson show and George Pickens and everybody in the rest in a barrel below them. I think that it could bounce back and forth. I'm not going to say like Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. I don't think they're quite as good as Duo. But in terms of the workload that each of them could see each week, you know, George Pickens could be up there because it does seem like Kenny Pickett likes to throw. To George Pickens and that picket to Pickens connection is more than just in the name. Like it's actually on the field too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? It, it is worth noting that like he did not run, like he wasn't a full-time player. Like he only ra- he ran like a just a few more, few less routes than George Pickens this week. Right. So he might not be at like, you know, maybe they wanted to not give him like the full, full workload as soon as he came back his first week, but we should expect him to be like full, fully back next week. I mean, I would consider this game and the amount of routes he ran and that sort of thing for him to be fully back, I would say. Um, I think one of the good calls I think I made last week was buying Puka Nakua after his down game. He led the Rams in targets with 12. Cup had seven, and he caught eight of them for 154 yards. Okay, the dude was balling out. He made some really impressive catches, especially that toe tap on the sideline, dude. Like, that toe tap, like with the one he had to reach up and get in between two defenders and got the toe down, like that take right there, yep. take a hit. Like that right there, like he's legit, dude. Like when you see that play, you're like, oh, okay. Like this dude is legit. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I love watching him play. And it just keeps saying, and I said this, I think, since the beginning of the season where he just started doing that. Obviously, nobody saw this coming. I'm not going to say that I saw this coming. Act like Puka Nakua was the guy that I had tagged and I knew that this would be the case. But he looks like Cooper Cup. Like making those catches, the contested catches, but also, did you see him anytime he's coming across? the field on like a drag he turns up the field and the he's fast like he turns yeah. on the jets and he goes like this is a top flight wide receiver he, he he's a wide receiver one on an offense that has two of them he's matthew stafford a quarterback it still blows me away that a the rams lost this game obviously there was controversy at the end of the game because kenny pickett didn't reach the first down line but they got it anyway because a bad spot rams can challenge but it just blows me yeah. away the steelers are still winning games like, I don't know how they do this because like, they never look well-oiled on offense. And they were a little bit better, granted, in this game today. But it just blows me away that they're winning these games. I know their defense is good, but it's it's just – it's blowing me away. I can't believe it. But you know Rams, what? The I offense – had this one easy. The offense coming back 
you know, this week out of the bye, I think they looked a lot better. So I think they they did make some changes. Good for them. Yeah. That's what we want because we want I mean, like not not that I have any of Najee Harris rostered, but like right. we would like some more output from that backfield. We would like Deontay Johnson to be Deontay Johnson. We want George Pickens to be fantasy relevant, you know? So we want this to happen. So let's continue it. Maybe Kenny Pickett. He looked good today. And, you know, he looked yeah. a lot better than he did, the, you know, this past season. But he only had Deontay Johnson for like half a game in week one. And then after that, he didn't have him. And Pat Firemuth also on IR the rest of the, you know, for basically the whole year so far. So, right. There you go. Um, I think the big takeaway from this game was this backfield in the, you know, in, in, in Los Angeles. Dow Henderson and Royce Freeman, they were the two primary backs. We got word earlier today, uh, in the middle of the night, actually, from Adam Schefter, who never sleeps, that Zach Evans was just going to back these guys up, and he barely played. Um, H- Henderson was the 1A. Freeman was the 1B. Uh, Freeman did have some good runs as well. He ended up being more efficient uh, than Henderson. But Henderson was the one you know, who ended up getting the goal line touchdown. Both of these guys had a goal line snap each, okay, so that's worth keeping in mind. So, but Henderson ended up with the goal line touchdown. He w- he is the guy I would say it w- he would be the top waiver wire pickup for me between these two guys. You know, you got to keep in mind that Royce Freeman was on this team, or well, he was in the practice squad playing like NFL football. Dell Henderson was not. Uh, right. He was in another league. Okay, so um, he came back and just split it right away. So I can see next week him getting even more work potentially, or more a, a higher share of the work. Um, so he's obviously one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. He had twenty opportunities today. Right, that's that's pretty good for someone who just got signed. Um, yep. Keep in mind that the Rams do have the Cowboys next week in Dallas. You know, not great, uh, but then they have a great matchup against Green Bay before the bye. So he'll have another opportunity after the bye as well against Seattle, since Kyron Williams won't be eligible to come back from IR until Week Twelve against Arizona. Yep. Daryl Henderson looked like Daryl Henderson. That's what he's been doing. <laughs> you know, he came back from the Rams. He wasn't on the team. He comes back and he looks like Daryl Henderson. Like, he's going to be the guy. And it it was nice. This was one of those situations where the backfield, they clarified it for us before the game. Adam Schefter comes out and says, Daryl Henderson's going to be a starter. And he did. Yeah. That's what he was. He he got that. So that's good. But Royce Freeman was also part of the picture. I'm not too worried about him being like some guy that really eats in his workload. I think we saw the best of what we're going to get from Royce Freeman any given week. I do think that the matchup isn't as bad as it looks on paper against the Cowboys because as a Cowboys fan, I can tell you, Dallas is not that good against defending the run. If you can get a run game going, you can actually have some success against them. But I don't think that there's anything to worry about in terms of the matchup. I think it's going to be probably a high-scoring game next week, and that's going to make Daryl Henderson, even in a relatively tough matchup, startable. So I'm okay starting him next week. I don't really have any reservations. And this performance going into it just makes me feel even better about it. So I I think that he should be a waiver wire pickup if he didn't. Nobody picked him up in your leagues. I know he's sitting on a waiver wire in a lot of mine, except for the one that you were in because I think you grabbed him, right? I did. I did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were asking me in the comments in Instagram, like, hey, like, who should I pick up off of waivers like before these games start? I said, go pick up Daryl Henderson because there are, there's a lot of signs pointing to him being the potential Williams replacement so if you guys saw that and you listened to it and you saw my Instagram stories about it, I hope you did. So uh, you have them on your roster already. You don't have to spend up the fab. So I hope that happened. Yep. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks for all the support. Uh, we are seven weeks in to the NFL season. We got a long way to go, but we're having fun. And I hope you are too. I hope you're winning. Uh, and if you're not winning, hopefully the, the, the winning starts picking up here. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow back on a waiver wire episode take it easy 
See ya.